if God had have asked me ahead of time, I would have said, no way, not me, no, sir. I am not strong enough. I'm, I'm not putting my child through. No, no, no. But, you know, we really do genuinely appreciate the path that we're on and the journey that we're taking. And, I mean, we wouldn't trade Christian for anything. Welcome to the Experience Jesus Calling podcast. Today, we speak with Lacey Buchanan, a wife and mother of two children. Lacey's first child, Christian, has a rare syndrome that presented itself before his birth. Lacey shares the journey of his life from finding out the diagnosis to dealing with limited treatment options and ultimately facing criticism on social media from those who thought she shouldn't have gone through with the pregnancy. Leaning on God during it all, Lacey created a video to answer these detractors and to inspire others about the joys and heartbreak of her experience, which ultimately garnered over 6 million views. She has written a book about her son's journey called Through the Eyes of Hope. My name is Lacey Buchanan. I am a mom to two rambunctious little boys. I'm a wife, I'm, uh, the author of Through the Eyes of Hope. I am a newbie law school graduate, not yet practicing in that trade, but I hope to do that soon uh, in the areas of disability advocacy and education. I am a first generation college graduate in my family. Uh, my mom and dad live right down the road for me. My family is very close and we intend to stay very close, figuratively and literally. <laughs> so I always say, you know, they, they started me out on a great foundation and I, I was lucky to have such a wonderful start in life. I went to church some with my grandmother when I was growing up, some with my parents. So it, we weren't one of those just really, you know, every Sunday at church type thing, but I did always know about church and, and know about Jesus. And in fact, I tell people I felt the calling to follow Christ when I was nine years old. I was pretty young, actually, um, and I remember it very, very vividly. So I actually started going to church on my own when I was about 15. And the first time I ever set foot in a church that sort of set that into motion was the day I met my husband, Chris. So I always kind of joke that I met Jesus and my husband on the same day. So we started dating over the summer and continued. It was his senior year of high school that coming up here. And so we continued dating through, through high school and college and got married while I was in college. I've always wanted to be a mom and I've always wanted a bunch of kids. And I'd always, of course, grown up dreaming about finding the love of my life and things like that. So yeah, being a wife and a mother was a huge dream of mine, but because I am very driven having a, a career, that was always something I wanted to. So we found out that we were pregnant um, right before our second or two year anniversary. And we weren't planning a pregnancy at the time. So we were pretty excited, but also like first time nerves, you know, it was all new. So, but immediately we knew that there were issues going on. So there was also some, just some like anxiousness and nervousness about what was going to happen with the baby because it, it was just, uh, things weren't progressing the way that they were supposed to pretty much immediately. My progesterone levels were low, all those, you know, numbers that you need, they were they were all low and dropping and you know, they just said, we're sorry, but you're probably miscarrying. As things progressed, the initial worries that had come along, they were, they sort of resolved themselves. And so we thought that we were having a pretty typical normal pregnancy from there on. And then at 18 weeks, we went to have the anatomy scan where they tell you the gender of the baby. And so we were so excited to find out that we were having a boy. When we went back the following week for another ultrasound, they told us 
that the baby definitely had a cleft lip and palate, which is kind of what they had said initially they suspected. And so they just needed more ultrasounds to confirm it. We'll do more ultrasounds and we'll be able to tell more. And unfortunately, that was never really the case. As he got bigger, we never did get a good, clear you know, picture of what was going on with him. We sat down in a conference room with some a group of doctors one day and they handed me a list of different possible things that they thought might be afflicting our son. And they said, don't Google it. But of course, you know, we did. But I mean, it was really honestly best guess at that point. I look back on my pregnancy and I remember happiness. I remember maternity pictures and I remember feeling his little kicks and watching my belly move. And and it was honestly a really happy time. And we spent a lot of time in prayer for Christian. Um, We had a lot of friends and family who did the same. And it was just at that point in time, it was um, peace that passes understanding, really. Christian came into the world on February 18th, 2011. We were nerve-wracked. We were so nervous um, because they told us there was a chance that he wouldn't live. So I had to have a C-section for his health, for his benefit. So I'm laying there on a table and I can't move. (laughs) That really stinks. So I'm laying there and I can't move. I can't do anything. I'm helpless. So I had two surgeons and one of them, she says, here he comes. So, you know, the moment of truth is, is coming. And Then another one says, happy birthday. And so, you know, within just seconds, I'm holding my breath and praying. And just within seconds, Christian starts screaming, which is what we wanted. That means he's breathing on his own. Um, They were afraid he wasn't going to breathe on his own. Those, you know, first few cries were just beautiful. So here I am, I'm laying on the table and I'm like wiggling what I can, just my shoulders basically. So I'm wiggling and I'm asking questions and I'm like, who does he look like? What color is his hair? You know, I just wanted to hold him and of course I couldn't. So they take him over to the little incubator to check him out and I send my husband over with him. I'd got to see Christian for just about three or four seconds when they held him up over the blue curtain for me. And so I'm telling him, I'm like, his cleft is not as bad as they said it was going to be, is it? It's not that bad. And he came back over to me and he said, it's worse. And I didn't really know what he meant by that because I hadn't, I hadn't really seen everything that, you know, that he saw. And so by the time they, they got me taken care of and everything was fine, they got Christian taken care of, wrapped him up in a blanket, and they were getting ready to rush him off to the neonatal intensive care unit. And they let me just, they put him up next to my face for just a minute. So they, they put him up next to my face for a minute and I talked to him and I, you know, I couldn't hold him. So that's all I could do. And then, um, They rushed him off to the NICU, and I didn't get to see him again for about eight hours. I remember just feeling almost numb, like this can't be happening. This is, you know, I mean, your worst nightmare. You you can't hold your child. You can't comfort him. You can't feed him. You you know, I didn't even get to change his diapers. I wasn't getting to do all those things that I had waited nine months to do. When he was four days old is when they confirmed that he was blind. I think he was about two months old or so when they finally gave us a diagnosis of just the overall, the big picture of, of kind of like what happened, what it's called, you know, Tessier cleft lip and palate is a, a very different and rare type of cleft lip and palate. Um, and it took him a while to, to name that diagnosis. They had told us that initially 
He's probably going to be intellectually disabled. And they were doing a lot of like scans, MRIs, CT scans, all that kind of stuff to try to see what was going on internally. And it's so funny, one side of his brain when he was born was larger than the other. And that's sort of what they based that finding on. And so that sort of worked itself out um, as he got older, which I think is just the strangest thing. Of course, he developed slower than a kid with vision would. We've come to find out that he does not have an intellectual disability. One of the unexpected blessings I feel like that Christian brings to me is he moves a little bit slower than everybody else. For obvious reasons, he can't see what's in front of him. He has to navigate, you know, with his hands and with his ears. And just in general, Christian moves at a slower pace than everybody else. And that has caused me to have to slow down and go at his pace. I'm a type A, I'm an organizer, and so I'm, I'm go, go, go all the time. I like to stay busy. And Christian has had to sometimes, he's had to teach me to sometimes slow down and appreciate the moment for what it is. Though Lacey and her family faced many obstacles in their journey with Christian, the rewards of life with him have been worth any struggle. Lacey likes to say that God does not guarantee a life without trouble, but He goes with us in whatever comes. A reader of Jesus Calling, she relies on God for her strength and finds hope for each day as she spends time in His presence. I actually read Jesus Calling, it's probably been three or four years ago now, and I just sort of, I love to read and I love books and um, I also love like a good deal. So I'm constantly perusing like yard sales and thrift stores and things like that. And I picked up a copy of it. I like just, you know, it caught my attention and I grabbed it and I knew it was one I was going to read all the way through. One verse that really has stuck out to me every time I read it, I think it's from July 9th and it says, stop worrying long enough to hear my voice. I speak softly to you in the depths of your being. Your mind shuttles back and forth, hither and yon, weaving webs of anxious confusion. As my thoughts rise up within you, they become entangled in those sticky webs of worry. Thus, my voice is muffled and you hear only white noise. Ask my spirit to quiet your mind so that you can think my thoughts. That passage is special to me because as I mentioned earlier, I'm a planner so often I plan all these things out and they don't go the way that I expected or the way that I had hoped. And I just get so caught up in the busyness and the frustration of just everyday life that I can so relate to just that drowning white noise of life. So this passage is something that that I need to be constantly reminded of that those worries are they're secondary to being able to be still long enough to listen and let God speak to us. For somebody that's, you know, facing a pregnancy where they're being told, you know, hey, the child is going to have some sort of health issue and things like that. I always tell people it is scary. I feel like there's a mourning process that you have to go through when something like this happens, because even if you haven't lost a child, something has been lost. And that's generally the hopes and dreams that you had for that child are lost. And they're, you know, they're rewritten into something that you didn't choose. Having a child with special needs, it's not the destination that you chose, but it will be so beautiful and it will be 
a journey that you probably never would have chosen, but that nonetheless is still just, uh, I mean, amazing. Just, I, I don't even, I don't even really have words to just say uh, um, uh, amazing, just life-changing. Christian is, uh, he's a goofball. He loves to tell jokes. Um, he loves to make people laugh. He is just joyous. He is. He is. He is a ray of sunshine. And it's so funny because I can see people's, like, will, I can see people's wheels turning when they see Christian for the first time. And just to be honest, there's a little bit of like a shock factor because they've never seen somebody like Christian. And then they see him laughing and being joyous. And for a moment, I can see them working out in their head how having Christian's disability and having the hardships that he has can be intertwined with such joy. And it's it's amazing to watch Christian live that and, and be that. And he teaches me just to be more joyous and to not complain about stuff that's just not important and doesn't matter. Lacey's book, Through the Eyes of Hope, is now available. Visit eyesofhopebook.com for more information. Next time on the Experience Jesus Calling podcast, we visit with Rory Feek. Rory and his wife, Joey, comprise the popular country duo, Joey and Rory. In 2014, Joey was diagnosed with cancer. The couple set about packing as much life as they could into the next two years with their daughter before Joey passed away in 2016. The story of their love and faith is told in Rory's new book, This Life I Live, One Man's Extraordinary, Ordinary Life and the Woman Who Changed It Forever. Rory will share some of that story in our next episode. Hear more great stories about the impact Jesus Calling is having all over the world. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Calling podcast on iTunes. We value your reviews and comments so we can reach even more people with the message of Jesus Calling. And if you have your own story to share, we'd love to hear from you. Visit JesusCalling.com to share your story today.